Mobile banking and mobile payments are posing increasing security concerns as mobile adoption among consumers continues to grow. Malicious applications, lost and stolen mobile devices, and downloadable files within mobile malware are just a handful of the security threats financial institutions have to address. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Dennis Simmons, President and CEO of Swatcha, a Dallas-based nonprofit payments association who talks about results from a recent mobile survey Swatcha conducted. Dennis, Swatch's Consumer Insights Survey reveals significant upticks in mobile services, not just mobile banking, but mobile payments as well. Can you give us a little background about the survey, such as when it was conducted and the number of consumers that responded? Uh, absolutely, Tracy. Uh, we did this uh, survey uh, last uh, August. The results are about a year old. We surveyed 600 consumers in Texas, and one of the questions we always ask is, you know, are you the person in your household who pays the bills? So we wanted to make sure we were speaking to the person who was actually responsible for payment in the household. The survey was conducted last August. Do you think a great deal has changed? When you talk about the amount of the jump that we saw, I mean, we started from a relatively low base. So we're in that period of time, I think, when you're going to start to see big jumps before things start to mature. I think, you know, based on the research that I've done, the, the reading that we've done, that sort of thing, I don't think the results are going to be too much different if we were to do the survey today. We do this survey every other year anyway, and we will be doing this again probably uh, first quarter of 2013. Yeah, that's a good point, because I wanted to ask about some of the comparative figures that you have. So based on the previous consumer survey results that touch on mobile banking and mobile payments, uh, you know, for how long have you conducted these surveys? Um, we started in 2009. This was uh, the second. And so we hope that by the time we've done this three times uh, over a six-year period, it will really have some really solid trend data. And as I mentioned before, when you start with a low base, it's really easy to get those big double-digit increases. And so what kind of increases did you see in the survey where mobile banking is concerned? We actually saw that when we asked consumers about use of their mobile devices for accessing the banking services and that sort of thing, that the usage had actually tripled since 2009. So that was a pretty significant increase. How do you see smartphone usage impacting the security of these mobile transactions? Well, for the most part, the usage of mobile devices is really an extension of the financial institution's online banking platform. And so the same concerns you have in that environment extend over to the mobile device. Authentication, password protection, how the consumer uses that platform to access their, their balances and, and their banking services, that sort of thing. And then what about mobile payments? Of course, this is still an emerging area, but the survey does note significant increases in mobile payments, or at least an interest in mobile payments options over cash and card transactions. Was any light shed on security concerns where mobile payments come into play? Yeah, it was interesting when we talked uh, when we talked to the consumers about those kinds of issues. Security certainly comes up as a major concern. I want to say that in, when we asked the question of why don't you use mobile payments, uh, concern over security was the, was the overriding uh, reason why consumers said they didn't want to use mobile payments. Were there any specific areas that they were more concerned about than others? I don't think we really drilled down to it that much. I just think it's probably just lack of familiarity. It's something new, and so therefore they're going to be a little bit uh, hesitant about it. But Especially because the industry has done such a good job of educating consumers about the concerns that, that they should have, and I think by extension they're sending that to these platforms and devices. Now from the financial institution's perspective, mobile payments poses increasing concerns just because of the sheer number of entities that touch the mobile environment, especially non-financial entities. So how are institutions that Swatcha works with addressing some of those concerns? 
Well, I think the, the first thing, obviously, is consumer education. We need to make sure that consumers are very much aware of uh, some of the concerns that the industry has. I think what gets lost in that conversation oftentimes is that sometimes the mobile device can actually be more secure and easier to identify than a laptop or a desktop unit because of the unique uh, identifiers that are inside of that smartphone. And so some of the things that are being done in the future are going to really make them a whole lot more secure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too, Dennis, because I did want to ask about some of the authentication worries and, of course, the FFIC conformance for mobile transactions. What about recommendations there? What is Swatch recommending institutions address when it comes to authentication? The first question the financial institution has to ask themselves is what is the functionality that they're deploying on the smartphone? Uh, Is it just an extension of their web platform? If that's the case, then they want to have the same kinds of authentication requirements and security around the mobile device that they would have around a laptop, for instance, in that environment. If they're going beyond that, then some other kinds of uh, processes should be in place, you know, geotagging, that sort of thing, making sure that the consumer is where they say they are by looking at the geolocation of the device, testing the EMEI number on the device to make sure it's the device that the consumer has registered, those kinds of things. And then what about some of the emerging concerns when it comes to mobile payments? Chip payments, obviously, are something that we've been talking about a lot because of the migration to EMV, but are there special concerns when it comes to RFID or near-field communications on mobile devices used for payments? Yes, uh, absolutely, Tracy. You mentioned EMV, and one of the things that gets lost in the conversation about EMV is that, you know, you really have to use a visual. You have to dunk the device into the platform to read it to make sure there's physical contact. But we've seen with the tap-and-go kind of applications, RFID and, and NFC chips being embedded in devices and that sort of thing. One of the things that is of concern is that those RFID chips are on all the time and they can be read by proximity devices placed next to a checkout stand, for instance. Same thing with NFC. When it's turned on, that signal can be picked up. Granted, it's in a small proximity, but if I put a small device next to a cash register at a a retailer and then come back later on and and then pick it back up, somebody doesn't notice it, then I've gathered the information that was contained on that transaction. Protecting those devices from the signals being intercepted is certainly a concern. And, of course, this is an area that's been talked about quite a bit over the course of the last decade as we have seen some of these RFID applications hit the market. Aren't most of those transactions encrypted in the same way that any other type of transaction would be encrypted? They can be encrypted, yes, but part of the problem is that oftentimes when you're near an RFID reader or an NSC reader, sometimes those transactions are not necessarily encrypted. And even if they are encrypted, oftentimes that encryption can be defeated because it's not as robust as some of the encryption that you might see in other arenas. And and one of the things that we've been thinking about and talking about as far as authentication is concerned is the smartphone provides a lot of physical biometric opportunities that are being explored. Think about being able to put a thumbprint reader, for instance, in a a mobile device. That's already being done. You can think about, because you speak into your smartphone, that it can have voice recognition capabilities. Uh, You can look at facial recognition, and I guess probably the ultimate was, if you think about most of these devices have some kind of a scanner in them, you could look at doing retina scans. The ability to try biometrics with geopositioning and a variety of things that you embed in the smartphone. I think security over the next three to five years is going to get a lot better for these devices. Yes, that's definitely a good point, and it goes back to support the point that you made earlier that these mobile devices can actually make transactions more secure than PC-based transactions. 
Correct, yes. I'm also encouraged by the fact that there are a number of really good malware tools that are being deployed on some of the operating systems, especially the Android operating system, that actual kinds of malware detection you might see on a PC or a laptop has now been deployed down to the mobile device, and that's one of the things that financial institutions can encourage their consumer customers to do is to make sure they're using one of those malware products on their smartphone and uh, as an added layer of protection for themselves. And Dennis, how well informed are most of the institutions you work with about some of these anti-malware options? That's one of the things that we're constantly working on with our members is to make sure that you know, that we're communicating with them about the things that we see. I, I know it's very difficult for financial institution folks to keep up with what all is going on, and that's why they engage us to do those kind of things to help keep them informed as well. And beyond the mobile malware, what types of concerns or questions are you hearing most often from the institutions you work with? I think the, the major issue really is that who owns the customer. I think that's one of the big concerns. The, the financial institutions want to own the customer. The telcos, the mobile telephone operators, they want to own the customer. And I think at the end of the day, the debate is going to have to be they both own the customer and they're going to have to share. If we can overcome that impediment, I think we're going to be in a lot better shape uh, in the future. I think the other concern really is, is trying to have a really good understanding of the implications of these devices as far as interaction with retailers, interactions with merchants, and interaction with, with the financial institution. They need to make sure that there's a good, strong, robust uh, communication that takes place between those parties. That's a good point. And you mentioned consumer security education earlier, but when you have all these different players involved in the mobile payments transactions, how do you ensure consumer education, I guess, is uniform? That's a major challenge, and I think that's where the financial institutions can really play a, a strong role in this because they tend to be trusted parties. Consumers can look to their financial institution as a source of reliable information about security and how these devices work, and that would be the thing I would encourage financial institutions to make sure that they are that trusted uh, resource, that trusted brand that the, that the consumer can uh, rely on. And then before we close, Dennis, I'd just like for you to maybe share some of your perspective on what these results mean for institutions throughout the country. Of course, these survey results were contained to Texas, but because Texas is such a large market, these trends may be taking place in your area before they take place elsewhere. You can certainly overlay those kinds of results because it was a broad survey. The major thing is for financial institutions to remember that the payment, although we're in the payments business, the payment seems to be the thing that everyone wants to focus on, but I think what's going to drive consumer adoption for these kinds of uh, devices is going to be the loyalty points, the couponing, the offers, uh, uh, you know, you're driving by a retailer and you get a text message that says, hey, I'm, I'm having a sale, come on by, um, and then the payment flows out of that process. I think there's going to have to be a realization that the payment is the final piece of it, but it may not necessarily be the piece that drives consumer behavior and changes consumer behavior. The banks and the credit unions have to have a realization that they're competing with other folks in the marketplace for that brand identification and how they approach that branding is going to be a very critical function to make sure that the um, consumer identifies with the bank's or the credit union's brand and not with the merchant's brand. Dennis, I want to thank you again for your time today. Absolutely. Again, we've just heard from Dennis Simmons of Swatcha. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.